Hello and welcome once again to the How Long to Beat podcast. I am Rick, joined as always by Alex and Paula. Uh, and you know the drill by now. It's episode, what, 63? Yeah. <laughs> like, what yeah. have we beaten, retired, been playing? Uh, no community question this week because we've got loads to talk about, both in terms of those and in terms of our topic, which is difficulty in video games, that old chestnut. Mm. Uh, but we are going to have time just to squeeze in another episode of How, How, long, to How long to Beat the, the Game. game. The game. Before we finish off, uh, and speaking of finishing off, uh, Paula, tell us about the games you finished off this week. Oh, out of the four games that I finished this week, like three of them were uh, I played with my boyfriend, so mm. it was like a multiplayer week this week. Mm. And first of all, I'll start with the single player one that is Cats Organized Neatly, and this is pretty much you have a bunch of that's like forming shapes and you have like to fit these shapes in, in an area that you're given and that's the whole puzzle you have to make it so that all the cats fit in a certain area and you have like no cats left and no space left on it so it's like a tangram but with cats basically yeah pretty much okay. it is lovely the art of the game is beautiful and I don't know, like, there, there's something about the art style that just makes me green every time. So um, it is a very simple puzzle game, which it was totally worth the time and the very low price I paid for it. Hmm. Moving on to what was game of the year last year, and it totally, totally deserves it. It takes two. Yeah. Oh my god, this game was amazing. We were like kind of disappointed there wasn't like more of it. Mm. But what was there, it was solid. It was an 11 out of 10, not even a 10 out of 10, an 11 out of 10. Nice. And the, the game nails like pretty much everything. Like the, the wonderful and very creative mechanics introduced on each level. Um, the how how creative it, it it gets on how to incorporate like everyday items into the game in a way that makes it interesting and the difficulty curve is like actually not bad mm. and the way the games make you tax at your heartstrings at times oh man my poor heart at times <laughs> I have to say, it was though, just, I quite, oh, sorry, go on, go ahead. Yeah, it was just a wonderful experience. And Rick, well, I I was just going to say, I find it mad that you guys like wanted more. Because I know uh, Alex and I are both playing it uh, at the moment as well. But I, our takeaway, by which I mean me and the person I'm playing with, not me and Alex. I, I mean, maybe me and Alex will find out. But our takeaway was like, how much of this game is there? Like it, it, it mm. blew my mind that we are still discovering content and the game is continuing on because it is the mm. kind of game where you feel like it would have normally ended a lot sooner. And I, I think that's to its mm. credit. I think it's good that it's as long and, and as feature-rich and as packed as it is. Um, but it's interesting that you came away with completely the other thing. You're like, I wish there was a bit more. Surprised me that there wasn't more. Mm. Oh, uh, I mean, we, we wish it would last even longer just because of how well-crafted everything is. Mm. But what... Everything that is there, it, 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 it is feature pack, as you said. Yeah. And there's never a stale moment on, on the game that, like, you are, even up until the end, 
there's always something new to to see. Yeah. Which is wonderful because that sense of discovery is never lost. Yeah, I, Alex. I was gonna say I'm glad they go wild with it too. Like they don't fucking. There's no no even slight sticking to reality in this, and I love it. Like you know, like it's just very yeah. like fantastical. Because at first I thought they were gonna kind of like. You know, like like a little bit of that Toy Story esque feeling, right? Of like, oh, like toys, mm-hmm. but it's like, no, no, no. They're like, this is a full on no, no, no. fairy tale insanity. Because yeah. I just went through. Um, we were playing a lot. Like, uh, we we didn't play much this week. We didn't really play it all this week, actually, because I was so busy. But um, the week before, we got up to like um, space. I think that's that's the that like people will know of you know. But yeah, basically, like with a with a good old baboon. And I think that's about where we're at right now. Yeah, I think that's after the after the tree stuff. Yeah. So anyway, that's that's about where we are at. Um, I think we just beat that boss and we have, we've set it down. We probably should play that again this week, actually. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. the mad thing is, I think you're not even at halfway point. Yeah. That's yeah. what we figured. We figured we're like maybe somewhere like 35, 40% ish in there. Maybe bang on halfway at absolute most. Yeah. 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 It's been nice. We've played it in chunks, so it's just been, it's been very fun. <laughs> yeah, man. Sorry, Tyler, you totally derailed. Probably- yeah, we should probably make a full-on discussion chapter like we did with 13 Sentinels at some point. Once we finished it, I would love to do that once we've all yeah. finished it, absolutely. Yeah. So I'll leave it at that. Takes two. <laughs> worth every bit of time. We want more of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. And it was wonderful. My boyfriend and I also finished this escape room co-op game called We Were of Gear, and... The characters kind of got lost or something. They got into this place and we pretty much have to get out of here. What's very interesting about the game is that each character has a role. Each player has a role. So, for example, my boyfriend was the librarian and I was the explorer. So he got he had access to all kinds of books that had like different kind of clues. Well, I had to navigate the most the place. And sometimes and he had to give me like directions on what to do given the description of the room or what I told him I was seeing, which was very interesting. The controls were a little bit clunky. I am with when you play with a controller, but most on keyword water was like perfect. So I would recommend anyone who plays this game to play it with mouse and keyword. Though beware, there's multiple endings to this game. You can actually leave your partner there and get the achievement. Um, what was the achievement? But my boyfriend got the achievement, like, why me? Because he was like, hey, it seems like um, we can't go both. We can't get both out of here. And the last, the very last stretch. And I was like, hey, I don't think so. The developers wouldn't do it. <clears throat> they did it. <laughs> I pretty much abandoned him there. And we got probably the worst ending of the game. Um, it's still a pretty good game. Um, there's, I think, two more games from these uh, developers. So I think we, we will try that next at some point in time. Finally, the other escape room game we played, and this one is kind of like a single player game, but we 
um, he streamed it to me and we solved the puzzles like together. So uh, this counts as, as playing the game together is tested on humans escape room. And you start on what seems to be a jail cell or like a cell on like some kind of shady hospital or something like that. And you have to get the hell out of there. The problem with this game is that the puzzles aren't always like connected like it, they would in a well-crafted escape room. And it is kind of weird because it isn't the first rodeo of these developers. This is actually the latest game they have put out there. And I think he said one of the other games he played of these developers was better in that regard. But still, the game will tell you if you're missing like a piece of something. And uh, that kind of like breaks the flow of the escape room in a way. Because, um, well, you're being told, hey, you can't do this yet. And you can't really like fiddle with anything until you have everything for that. Uh, still, I would say it is above average, even good, but it isn't like anything that will blow your socks away or something like that. Um, so yeah, those are my four completions of the week. Um, Alex, wanted to take it away with your little completion there? I beat Picross. A seven. <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> I haven't been playing much. Like I was telling them both before we started, like I'm doing a practicum right now in high school and it was a bit of a wild week. So I, uh, you know, it's like, you know, basically I just started up a new full-time job. Right. And so that first like week or two, it's just a lot of getting used to the new schedule and routine. So like most of what I've been playing has been on the bus or in the few minutes when, I don't know, my partner and I are just watching like TV or something. So Picross. <laughs> <laughs> uh, pretty much beat everything except Mega Picross because but they also had those extra giant puzzles they're like 30 by 30 where if you have played the other Picross games they'll unlock and I've played some of those and damn that's some next level Picross man it's super fun <laughs> but like shit you make one little mistake in, like, in those ones and you're just so screwed it goes ah it's bad but yeah that's basically all that I've beaten but what about you Rick you've beaten another puzzle type game <laughs> Yeah, I've, I've beat a few games, and the puzzle type game of which you speak uh, is Box Boy and Box Girl. So this is, I think, the third week in a row that I've listed this as a completion, <laughs> and it, it's genuine, I swear. So um, this game essentially has three campaigns. So there's the main one, uh, A Tale for One. There is uh, the Harder Tall Boy campaign that I completed. I can't remember what that was called. Uh, and then there is a co-op campaign called A Tale for Two. Um, so I was home last week, uh, and my brother has a switch and joy cons that i could pair up um so we played it that way and we played the co-op campaign together in an afternoon it's good it's not it's not peak box boy because they have to sort of build it around um those constraints but it's more box boy and it is still really good and there were absolutely some moments where we just lost our minds so there's like a bit (laughs) where um one of the characters on the top one of the characters on the bottom and you've got to get one of the characters over like a um, uh, an electric bit. And the bottom character could like build things up on top of their head. But it's just not quite enough. And uh, my brother was like, well, what if I jump? And then you jump on it and then jump off it before I fall back under. And we were like, it's never going to work. Let's try it, though. <laughs> and it worked. And we did it. We were like, whoa. 
um, and it, it's stuff like that. I mean, that that's the joy of puzzle games, and that's the joy of Box Boy. Um, can't recommend this game hardly enough. It's really, really excellent. The Switch version is a great jumping off point. Try it if you like it. Buy the 3DS one soon because uh, as of the time of recording, Nintendo have just announced that um, those digital only titles are not going to be accessible for that much longer if you haven't already bought them. So mm-hmm. they're very cheap, I'd say, to buy them anyway. But I think it's is it May of this year the credit cards will stop working on it. But if you have and a sometime link- August, I think it is that the eShop points stop working. But assuming you have a balance, you can use it until roughly this time next year. Yeah. But essentially, you've got like three month countdown yeah and um though one thing that is different if you have a linked account on the 3ds like with your switch if you put money on your switch account it'll show up in your 3ds because it's a linked Ooh. balance yeah i found that out when i had eShop points and i like i, I anyway i did an eShop thing on the switch and then i went to get like during that big atlas sale over the holidays and i was able to just buy it with the points i was like oh there it is so yeah that's the other way cool thing worth noting the other way to get around it is the 3DS is very easily hackable now. Yeah, oh yeah. Uh, there's zero risk to doing yep. so, doubly so, given that Nintendo's about to shutter the servers that access it. Yeah. Buy yourself, you know, like a 64 gig micro SD for the same price you'd spend on these three games and download. Like, Labs are doing okay. You know, that, that game has long since made uh, its money back. It's not a problem. Okay. Um, also, um, yeah. I saw someone make a good point. I think Nintendo Life was talking about it. Like, it might be a good idea to go download any updates that you want because those will stop. And like, you can, it's a weird thing, the 3DS, because like, again, different than consoles, but you can actually just go in and download any update um, for any game, even if you don't own it. And then whenever yeah. you have your game, it'll just auto update it. So you might want to do that for some of them because uh, she's going bye-bye. And a lot of the 3DS, like, I don't know. I, I would say out of all the handhelds, the 3DS was the weakest in terms of its library. Like in terms of its concept, it was it was cool and shit. But like when you think about how many games got I mean, released. But think about like. 3DS titles. Shin Megami Tensei 4. I know, but this is what I'm saying. It had a small, good um, a good games. But like when you look at the like brunt of like the DS and the Game Boy Advance, the Game Boy, Game Boy Color, it's just like, I don't feel like it can hold. Like, not saying the games aren't good. They're incredible. There's some incredible games. It's just, I find that that library is just so much smaller, um, which is kind of nice if you're collecting. Niche. Yeah, right? It's that's what I mean. Niche. Yeah, because they, yeah. they didn't really go on. Anyway, that, maybe that's a conversation for another day. Um, but sorry, keep going. Maybe. <laughs> no, no, that's fine. That's fine. Um, quick one. I used the Switch as an excuse to replay Daddish. Daddish 2 coming soon. It's Daddish. I've talked about it before. It's a fun little platformer. It's great. It's free on phones, or it's like, 80 pence on switch if you time it right like you you can't say fairer than that you just can't um i finally completed metal gear solid peace walker uh, mm-hmm. and i beat the campaign long ago but i've also now completed every single extra this is another thing where i took advantage of being home um last week and finished one of the horrific tank battles um co-op because they, they're not really doable as a solo player it's, it's i mean they're doable but not not in a way that you'd want to subject yourself to. It, you you want to play it with a friend. They're much more fun with a friend. Um, and I've boxed that one off. And Peace Walker is still incredible. It's a shame that it's stranded um, on the PSP and as an afterthought in the HD collection. Um, great game. It, yeah. Um, I've listed Risk of Rain 2 as a completion purely because uh, I have now unlocked every single character. Um, I do technically still needs to um, 
beat the game on normal. I've only beaten it on easy today. But, um, oh my God, pal. The worst. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was trying to turn off the AC. I mean, it wasn't working. <laughs> Kyle's uh, screen so has been I'm an adventure today. <laughs> Do you know what? Speaking of, I hadn't noticed, and then I thought Alex had frozen. He was just like, "Nah, I was just staring." <laughs> and yeah, and I was like, "He must be seeing something. Is it me or is it Paula? Oh, it's Paula." <laughs> <laughs> oh, fantastic. Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna lead it in again, but I say leave that in. That's quite funny. Nice well. um, <laughs> I've listed Risk of Rain as a completion in the sense that I have now unlocked every single character. Um, oh. I spent like an hour over the weekend just doing like the two runs it needed to unlock the mercenary. And um, I think he's called Rex, the guy you need the battery for. Anyway, um, it's not finished by any means because it's a great co-op game. Like I'm bound to play more of it. I want to try all the other characters. I still need to beat the game on normal mode. Um, but I'm, I've, to all intents and purposes, I've seen all of the content just in time for the expansion on march the first so that's mm-hmm. going to be some fun oh there's an expansion which is cool called survivors of the void uh they're bringing two new characters few new worlds one of the characters is the railgunner uh looks very very exploitable so that <laughs> should be some fun. Nice. yeah i'm looking um, to get back into that i just yeah looks very nice now that i have a proper computer <laughs> now that you actually have a, a laptop capable of running it yeah it was absurd I don't know how bad your laptop was because I thought it was a pretty lightweight game. No, it, it so bad. It was so bad. Like that, I don't know. Then that old laptop was weird because for some things it would be fine. But like, I think the combination of being online and um, like a first person shooter really screwed with it because I don't think I noticed in games that weren't so dependent on like, because I played Inscription on it and it was fine. Um, But that's also a game it's a slow paced game as well. It's not like real time. It's about making choices, right? Yeah. So it didn't really yeah. matter. At risk of rain, rain too, like third person, lots of 3D graphics, big open game space. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'd say the point. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> speaking of, of big open game spaces that aren't super graphically heavy, uh, Sable is my last completion. I, although I say it wasn't graphically heavy, my laptop did struggle with this. Mm. Like pretty significantly. Not game breakingly, but particularly when I was flying around on the on the jet bike Samoon. Um in the open world, the game kind of chugged. Also, the geometry chugged. Like the amount of times my character and hover bike would just go careening off in a different direction, um, made it frustrating to traverse what is otherwise a remarkably engaging world. Mm. Really well done. Really interesting. Um, I love the way it approaches game design as well. It's very very nonlinear. Uh, once you've done sort of the opening. This is how you run. This is how you climb. This is what the gliding stone is. This is the world you're in and the broad objective. It lets you out of this little enclave into the big wide world and more or less says, go for it. Go and see what takes your fancy. Um, I almost entirely completed it. So the only thing I didn't do was the Chumag collectibles. They're like baby's first Korok seeds, but with an actual purpose. Um, there's like 130 of them on the map. I got like half, roughly. Uh, I was very happy with that. I wasn't going to spend another couple of hours just like scouring the map for the other 60 odds that I'd left. Um, but the game's incredible. It it basically lets you go around, talk to people, pick up what quests you want. There's no combat. It's all um, exploration and platforming. Um, it steals its sort of stamina climbing mechanics straight from Breath of the Wild. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. you know, if it ain't broke, why fix it? 
Um, and what it does that Breath of the Wild doesn't is, or at least my impression of Breath of the Wild, it gives you um, much more front and center story. Like it, it it's uh, still yeah. told through sort of inference and passing down and reading random little bits and um, environmental storytelling. Um, and also one particular quest line where you're like going through the wreckages of, of ships that, that were around this planet uh, long before your time. And that was my favorite quest. That's ultimately the ending that I went with. But it's all there and it, it fleshes out the world. It makes it much more of a, of a thing, which I think is really, really cool. Um, and you can actually finish the game very early. So without spoiling too much, um, your character is on a quest called The Gliding. Mm-hmm. which is about them going out, seeing the world, seeing um, the jobs and the roles and, and the things that go on in that world um, and discovering themselves, what they want to do, finding a place for themselves in that world. Um, so there are masks for merchants, um, royal guards, climbers, various other things. There are also like random little secret masks. There's like a superhero mask without spoiling too much. Uh, there's a mask associated with that quest line. Uh, that I talked about. And when you get to the end, as soon as you've got one mask, the game says, you can go back and finish it whenever you like. Mm. Um, and when you when you finish, you get to pick from whichever masks you'd collected what role you want to make for yourself. And your ending is determined on that. But even the masks that aren't like proper jobs, it's like, yeah, cool. If that's how you want to define yourself and that's what you want to do, have at it. And I really love that approach to storytelling. I think Sable's atypical in a lot of ways and I really hope that it's the kind of thing that sort of future developers look at as a uh, a template to build upon, something to um, chart their course as a starting point from. Um, the game is flawed, technically, as much as anything else. Uh, definitely feels a little bit thin in sections, but I, as a whole, it's just a wonderful experience. And I think especially for for the kind of people who've listened to this podcast, maybe want something a bit fresh, a bit different, you know, have seen what is there to be seen. Sable is really, really worth seeking out. Um, it's on Xbox as well as PC. Controller is absolutely the way to play it. I played mouse and keyboard. It's fine, but you want that 360 movement and you want that camera control just to be loose. It's, it's that kind of a game. I Just a banger in a list of bangers that I've played this week or beaten this week, um, which is why I've just spent all that time gushing about it. So that's it for my completed. Uh, let's move on to the retirements and let's start with Paola because once again, gasp she has a retirement and it's one i want to play so i'm actually quite interested why you didn't paula want to play while true colon learn open bracket close bracket i saw that title and i was like is that like a typo what is this (laughs) (laughs) no it's not a typo that's actually the name of the game because i realized Um, okay is it about coding (laughs) it's kind of coding but it's more like building blocks and stuff but Mm. We're getting there. So I retired well to learn for PC that and this one's this one was an epic game store freebie. Hmm. So and it looked interesting. Like I saw that some kind of interface and it was like, oh, is this like some kind of like pseudo coding game or something like that? No, it isn't. But you actually have to do like you're like taught like I guess like coding notions, like Oh, uh, this is like an if block. So if your item is this thing, 
then mm -hmm. then these blocks will go in this direction and if it's this other thing the blocks will go in this direction so if pretty much you have to you're giving like a set amount of blocks of uh I, for example like two three colors and you have to bring those blocks to uh the the other side of the screen with wherever like you're told to put the blocks on and you you're doing so by using like this quote-unquote coding blocks where you have like to make the the blocks like separate your blocks in the way you're told to i don't know if that makes any sense so it's more like a puzzle game where you have to like use the correct blocks to separate the stuff and then uh the program works by some miracle and the story is pretty much like, yep. sorry yep. <laughs> the story is pretty much that uh this kid is like making uh, a program and the cat somehow is uh, managed to debug the program and the kid's like hey i want to um understand what my cat is saying uh because i don't know the cat may actually be a genius or something and you know what? I do want to understand what my cat is saying because earlier on the So the premise of the of the game, like the story of why are you doing all of this is kinda cute, but I don't know, the puzzles don't really do it for me. Like at the start when you're like just learning the mechanics, it's kind of interesting, but then you stop understanding like how some of the puzzles, like some how some of the blocks get like separated. Because sometimes if you have like a filter like any or like have an, an option is like, oh, here I want like this kind of block and here I want like any kind of block. And sometimes the way the blocks are separated is kind of random. And I don't know, I don't really like that random element of my puzzle games, like I said, with a polybridge because it like it takes away like the actual understanding of the puzzle that you need and you end up with something that may work on the first try because of luck so that's like the reason why i said like no this is re this is reminding me of polybridge i don't want to play this <laughs> so it may be a like a me problem and you actually don't have like any problem at all rick but yeah in general, it, it was fine. It just like not what I was looking for. And it gave me PTSD because Polybridge. <laughs> so yeah. What did you retire, Rick? Uh, I stopped playing Dragon Ball Origins, much to the surprise I think of anyone who <laughs> listened to the last full episode of this podcast. I I wouldn't even call it a retirement. There's every chance that I go back to it, but I I just stopped playing it. I, it it didn't grab me. I've got loads of other stuff I'm playing. Alex. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was gonna say it looks kind of cute looking. Like I was looking at it and I was like, oh yeah. The art's great. Yeah. The art is really great. Yeah, just nothing else. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it's like a meringue. There's not really any substance underneath it. Nice. Yeah, I retired Journey of the God Journey. Is it Journey of Gods or Journey of the Gods? Eh, I'll check it out later. It's one of those, you know, those generic names where you're just like you can't freaking remember for the life of you if there's the in there or not. It's one of those. So uh, this is on Oculus, and it's not bad or anything. It's just um, I, I was popping it in, and I'm probably already halfway through it. And then there was this like mission I had to do that was like kind of just like fighting off waves of enemy. Like it was like a little 
tower defensey except just as a user per and i was like i'm not into that like you know what i mean i had that moment where i was like ah no i don't want to do that like mm-hmm. i thought this was more zelda like mm-hmm. i want to go venture i don't want to this isn't what i asked for from this game you know um plus yeah. i started playing skyrim special edition so i was like I don't really need a sword fighting game now. Like I got that one. So I was kind of like, I'm not doing two of these at once, you know? So I put it on the back burner. Yeah, I'm sure one day I'll come back and like, you know, get through the rest of it. Cause there's really not much. Like maybe there's an afternoon when I've run out of VR games, but I'm telling you, like there's all these bundles and shit. Like I, like I've bought a fair number of Oculus games, but I've also just got a ton through bundles at this point. And now I like got PC VR ones too. So I'm just kind of like, I don't need any more VR games for like, probably a year or two like holy crap i've got a lot now yeah. <laughs> so, i am i am good <laughs> um well then that why takes you... me into playing i mean if you want to just crack on and tell us about skyrim alex yeah why not so <laughs> i have <laughs> that's not what i was no. no no well i just i oh, mean i have jumped head first into modding and holy shit oh <laughs> 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 I now fully understand why consoles sell so much because <laughs> as amazing as PC gaming is and it is truly amazing you you got to know how a fucking computer works because like it's a minefield it's yeah. a goddamn minefield shit doesn't just work because again so many different like everything's just different on every computer but then you go on my mm-hmm. Xbox and I just go plug in it go wee you know <laughs> that's it and it's consistent and so like that i'm like oh i get that at the same time without modding i would have never played because i i played skyrim vr on the playstation vr and it sucked ass it was just not fun at all like it was because i think on there was like a promotion at one point i think because i don't remember actually paying for skyrim vr on that one like i if i did it was like a big sale or something and i remember it was teleportation movement right because the piece uh, pcv uh sorry psvr oh my god those are way too close to each other <laughs> uh only had the wands right it was that or you'd use the dual shock but that's not as fun um because then you wouldn't have any hand tracking and so you know you were teleporting everywhere and i was just kind of like uh this is fine i guess but I was watching, I think it's Habby something. He's this uh, YouTuber, does a lot of VR content. And uh, okay. he had like a mod list for like really immersive Skyrim VR. And uh, he was not wrong. Like there's this one VRIK, which basically like your body is now in Skyrim. So like you can see your Skyrim body and see the armor that they wear and change. And like your arms are there. And I have to admit, it's pretty cool because... As long as you got your height, everything right, and you do your VR scale based on it, you can just like reach out and touch your arm and you're touching your arm in the in the game. And it actually does like your brain kind of goes like, oh, me in game now. <laughs> like it really, you know, you'd like touch your body and you're feeling your body. You're like, oh, cool. Um, because in the actual game, it's just hands, right? That's it. You're just hands, floating hands. So getting that in there is incredible. And it also does it so that uh, objects become more like interactable, right? Like you can touch signs and like move things around and like, so you and you can like pick up bodies and everything it's like yeah it's just really you feel like you're in the world way more and then you can like holster your weapons in different areas and like it's just it's dope um but i i suggested to these ones that we did maybe modding for this week for a topic because i want to talk about this experience um but like i'll just share a little bit like i got it going and 
it was pretty much working. Like it was, you know, load order was good. I was using a thing called Vortex. I got all these mods up on there, but man, you have to download so many mods. And they, you know, they do this thing where they they choke your downloads. Um, and then they're like, but you know, if you uh, like Nexus mods, they're like, hey, if you want a little subscription, you can get unlimited downloading. <laughs> I was like, you jerks. But I was like, whatever. You know what? It was like five. I think five, five pounds. I think so. It was like eight bucks CAD or nine bucks or something like that. So I just did it because I was like, you know what? I'm gonna do it. I'm just gonna download a fuck ton of mods for all the games that I want to play in the next little bit, and then I'll just you know cancel the subscription after a month. And I'm like, whatever. That's fine. I, I, I I'm not that bothered. Um, and anyway. Uh, the problem though, is there was like this one thing that was, okay. So <laughs> when I would start the game, when you have VRIK on the opening segment of Skyrim gets so fucked. Like it is just like, it is, it cannot handle these mods. And so like at one point they're like leading me over to the chopping block and my body's going oh, wee, 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 all over the place. And I'm going like, <laughs> it's just insane. Mm-hmm. And then I, and then I start and I'm a, like, I'm literally like, like two feet tall because I like, I was bent over, but then it's moving. And so I'm like, ah, like this. But if you reload, it would load in some of the later mods and it would freeze me in place. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. So I had to like, I was doing all this finessing. I had actually downloaded the wrong version of one because it was just the special edition, not the VR one that I need. So I was like, troubleshooting all this shit, spent like a whole night doing this. And then like, I, when I, I was like, oh, I give up. And then I woke up in the morning and I went, wait. Like I had this thing where I was like, <laughs> I think I know what the problem is. Like went in and there was one mod, just one mod that um, I had downloaded, but hadn't been installed because I downloaded so many. And like, I got that one installed. And then I was like, I started it out. And as long as I didn't load anything and I just played through the tutorial, the minute I got out of the tutorial, you could save, reload. Everything was working great. And I was like, I've done it. Freedom. <laughs> and that's the mad thing with PC gaming because you bang your head against the wall. Mm-hmm. And you spend so much time not playing the game, but when it works, you just feel like a god. I know. And man, it feels so good. <laughs> like this is, I never thought I would actually legitimately be, because I've tried to restart Skyrim many times and I've always bounced off. Um, yeah. But this time, oh, it is. And like, I'm not going at it like hard right now because I've got so many other things on the go. But like, I think about it all the time. I'm like, I want to go back and play it. Because dude... When that dragon comes in, you fight that first dragon and you're this little guy staring up this big thing. It's pretty fucking cool. <laughs> like, cause like they're <laughs> shooting the flames at you. You're like, ah, cause it's all over you. And you're like, help me try to get out of it. So I was doing like swords and, and uh, magic, like, and just, oh, going at it. And man, it is so fucking cool. Like I can't even recommend it enough. And, and again, because I'm using virtual desktop, I'm streaming it. So I'm playing wirelessly. Um, which is just the goddamn future right there, folks. Like, and I got my VR lenses, those like uh, the glasses ones, so I don't have to wear glasses anymore. They just popped right in there and like, fuck. Some good shit, 3D audio. I can hear things all around me. Like, damn, man, it is like, oh. And again, because like I've said, you know, this game's old, right? 10 years old, but because, oh, and then also, but like updated with like 4K textures and everything. And it's got like, new architecture just like everything looks so good like so so good um yeah can't recommend it and there's whole like you know in pc modding scene of course there are whole like expansions that people have created um yeah. that are just incredible and so i'm just like i'm straight up playing a new game right now and like they're added in so seamlessly that you sometimes don't realize you're like oh that's a new adventure okay cool um so yeah 
I highly recommend <laughs> this so much. Uh, again, you know, Bethesda's games on their own are totally serviceable and fine. But then, <laughs> mm. when you mod those motherfuckers, I'm modding Fallout 4 next because I'm like, I will be okay with going back to that if I can mod it up a little. Like, talk about a huge uh, VR RPG. And, you know, I will say this. Like, I know there, there's been critiques for sure because Fallout 4 is definitely like a weak VR like imagining from them because there's some stuff like you don't get to reload the weapons themselves but it was made in like 2017 and like listen i'm like i agree with people like i'm like yeah 100 there's some laziness there but i also have to like give props to bethesda for even doing this with those games like the fact that they created vr versions of them companies aren't doing that right like there's like capcom who's gone with resident evil 7 and 4 now but like and even then they gave it to another company to do, which is great but it's like I would love, I would love to see some of older games being put into VR, you know, properly with some stuff, because I'm telling you, it's like, it it really, really changes the experience more than you would imagine. Although I'm, I'm kind of hesitant to praise a company for reselling a game they already made, but with like a different graphical setting now. Oh. I know it's more than that. I know it's different, but yeah. yeah. You can't, I, I will say that for like the like special editions and the like the later, like, you know, this one they did that, but I, I don't think you, you can't really say it for the VR. It's such a different experience because like, yeah, it's just so different. Um, putting you in there, um, in the world, creating that sense of scale and that interactability. It's just, yeah, it's intense. But anyway, mm. I think they, the game's already done that. Like, I, I don't know about selling it again at full price. Oh yeah, well, but here's the thing: this it's always on sale. <laughs> I paid like maybe ten bucks for this thing, so I was like, whatever. Um, yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, full price, whatever. But anyway, um, either way, I dig it. I'm also playing Half Life Alex still. God damn it, Valve is good. Valve is so fucking good. Jesus, this game is like. Ugh. And you know what's funny? Getting those lenses helped a lot because for a while the game was like a little blurry and then I like adjusted my headset a little bit and I was like, oh, everything's clear now. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, what have, been, what have I been doing? Like I was like playing it like it's slightly fuzzy and then it suddenly it was just like crisp and super sharp and I was like, oh fuck, yeah. oh, there it is. And that's one thing with VR. You got to like find that perfect position on your head to Thanks get it spot. just yeah. like, yeah. But once you find it, mm, 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 mm. So anyway, Half-Life Alex is great. There's something, I don't know. I, I don't know what it is, but like loading a gun in vr it's just it's just really fun you know <laughs> like you're shooting shit and then you're like take out the clip and you reach behind you and you slam it in and there's this fucking you know the oh the head crabs are jumping at you and you're just like ah like freaking out it is like it's it's some dope shit and there's nothing more fun than using the gravity gun to like fling objects in the air and catch them and then just like go to town like i'm like actually throwing grenades and realizing i'm like pretty bad at throwing grenades in real life <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like holy shit like this is a skill now like i actually have to get good at this and this so i'm like spent some time but then i learned like the best tactic was like whenever you want to drop a grenade just make sure you're up high or something and just actually drop the grenade <laughs> no problem like we sports where you wave your arm and suddenly you're roger Feder. yeah right exactly i'm like no you gotta actually be pretty good at this um so yeah anyway it's oh there's some really cool bosses too there's like this electric head crab thing that like looks like a little dog and it like runs around but then it'll, it'll like go into zombies and like reanimate them with like electricity and start attacking you and oh what a crazy boss fight so i think i'm maybe like halfway through the game at this point um i haven't had as much time to play it as i would have liked but you know i'm i'm getting there <laughs> slowly but surely 
Uh, <laughs> we talked about It Takes Two already, playing that still, uh, loving it. Uh, I've been playing a lot of uh, Shin Megami Tensei Five actually, because I've been on the bus. Um, I think I'm halfway through the game, actually. I'm about okay. 22 hours-ish. Yeah, hey, I'm going to beat before either of you, which I think is hilarious. <laughs> I guess yeah, it is, yeah. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I just, I'm like, I never would have thought that. But yeah, I'm, I'm full into Universe it. Universe has a sense of humor, yeah. I know, and I am really considering going back to SMT4 now because I'm like, oh, I, I do like this, but I'm going to have to wait a while. Like, maybe next year, I think I'm going to go back and try it out. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's that or Apocalypse. I don't know which one. Try. But uh four first. Four four first. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I just beat this like this isn't spoilers. Right? There's there's basically four like zones. I th- I think. I don't know. That's what I'm assuming. Cause I haven't like I've only gone through two of these like big I don't even know what you call them, like semi open world dungeons, I guess. Um but areas, not, yeah. Yeah, areas, right? Um so I've I just totally completed the second one um and beat the boss there. Um, and so now I'm about to go to what I assume. And the reason I think there's four is because there's Memon in each of the areas. And it looks like there's 50 Memon in each. They give you this in glory, which is like, you know, upgrade yourself and stuff. Um, and so there's 200 of them total because they show you a list of the game. And so I'm uh, like, there must be four yeah. areas then, right? Or maybe there's one really big one. I don't know. Um, but yeah, it's not. Um, I'm like level 38 or 39 now, I think. Um yeah, I would track then as well for about halfway. Yeah, Although that's... You said you're over-leveled, right? Like, you've been grinding. Well, not anymore. I was over-leveled for sure in the first. Now I think I'm at the appropriate level. Like, I'm just at, okay. like, where you should be at because my, the boss I fought was my same level. So I'm like, okay, I think I'm at the... But I will admit, the boss wasn't very hard. So I'm like, I'm probably, like... Because I was doing all the side quests and stuff because they're fun to do. And also, they do bump you up. And I've been I've been doing... I oh mean, I've made so many demons. I'm all my demons are like leveled higher than I am. So it's just like, um, yeah, it's very nice and very fun. And uh, yeah, I'm just digging it. It's, it, it is really like, it's a great transit game because it, it does reward like pick up and put down. The story is there. Like it's interesting enough. I like the concepts. I love the, the you know, it's very American gods-ish, honestly. Like when I think about, okay. like in the sense of like in American gods, I don't know, like the idea is that like, certain gods exist based on how much people still and like have power based on who believes them and whatnot but there's like oh, fables does that as well yeah yeah fables a bit like that too right and i get that sense in sft where it's just like uh meaning feel mccool was really cool um like one of those old um he's like a from the ulster saga in ireland anyway whatever was, there's was an irish one in there and i was like oh that's really cool um so that was neat but anyway i'm really i'm really liking it it's this will be a good one to talk about for our topic today, actually. Um, Cause yeah, it's definitely like tough, but this one to me, comparative to my experience with four, which was tainted by, I think just a boss and maybe not enough explanations. This one feels fair, challenging of course, but I've have yet to encounter something where I was like, yeah, that was bullshit. You know what I mean? Like, it's just mm-hmm. like, if I did die, I was like, God, stupid. Why did I do that? <laughs> <laughs> um, so and I've I've I have never died and lost a lot of experience or anything like lost a lot of playtime or anything. Um, it's pretty you know. There's all these ley lines. Like I I fucking save so often that which maybe is the only uh, downside to like a system like that where like you know, I'm just constantly like no I'm, I'm not spending a lot of time exploring. I'm gonna go find a place and save and then I'll go back. <laughs> I don't want to lose anything. So anyway, that's SMT five. Lastly, uh, Deathloop. 
I'm pretty far in this. I think I'm almost done, actually. I, I Yesterday, mm. I had no time to game. And then yesterday, I just like sat down and I was like, I'm taking a day off. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was like, this is my goddamn day off. And I played a lot of Deathloop. This game's super. I mean, it's fucking arcane, right? Like, they just, I don't know how to describe it. They have a chunkiness to their games that I like. Like, they're, they're shooters. They're, they just, like, this game to me feels the most like Prey um, out of, other games like i know it's dishonor well, it's like dishonored and prey meet each other a little bit in, d- in terms of how they feel for me like i've always found that their guns just like feel good and very different and chunky and like it has that as- the like this 1960s aesthetic which is just gorgeous they always pick such a great aesthetic you know like they whenever mm-hmm. they do something they like go for it in the stylized manner and like what what is interesting about it too though is like it is like clearly inspired by roguelites it's it's not one of those but it is in a way in the sense that like every day you restart but you get the stuff that lets you keep like upgrades that you find um and you can like make them so that they stay become permanent but then throughout your run if you drop something you'll it's gone in that run but it'll be back if you've like infused it is the idea and there's like four areas maybe more open up but i don't think so there's basically four levels and then there are four times of day it's kind of dating simmy actually <laughs> like it's you know what i mean it's got like like this like morning what is it in this one morning noon afternoon evening um are the four times and like each level obviously the layout is all the same but what's happening in it and what you can access varies um in each of the time uh, each of the times a day mm-hmm. um one thing i will say about this game and you know <sighs> this is kind of a consequence of its conceit is that like, it's a bit confusing story-wise what's going on. They're very clear what you need to do because you have leads and the leads like direct you to all these areas. And I'm starting to get the sense that like, and I still don't really know why, but basically you have these people that you're trying to assassinate, right? Like that's how they sold the game. And what I'm getting at is that what it, what it looks like is that you're finding the optimal way of doing it. And so by following all the leads, I, I think what's eventually going to happen is that I'm going to have, I'm going to know everything about them and then I can do a perfect run, right? Where I like, I set everything up and then I can like take them all out in one go, one loop. I think that's where it's culminating too. Um, it does a lot of that, like you're discovering the world as you're playing and like you're finding out who these people are and what's going on. And that's fine, but you do you do just kind of feel a bit in the dark for a long time. Like I'm already like 10 something hours in and I've done quite a few of the leads and I'm still a little like, okay, I kind of know what's happening here, but like I'm meeting people where I was like, who's this fuck? Like, you know what I mean? Like it's kind of uh, disjointed in that sense, which I don't know. I don't think there's anything else they could have really done. I don't, I don't know. It's just something to be warned about. Like if you love the stories in Arcane's games, like if that's like one of your like big chief things in this, it's it, it might be a bit you might be a bit disappointed for a while. I think it's building up to something interesting now, though. But uh, gameplay wise, very fun. Hmm. Um, you've got you know you've got your different guns. You've also got like powers that are very dishonored. Like one thing that is neat and that I shut off immediately is uh <laughs> there's a character's juliana who can invade your uh like will come at you, you saw and, a lot of that in the promo material yeah yeah and so there's an option to allow online players to come into your game um which listen cool great idea 
I did it once. I killed the guy pretty quick and it was fun. I was like, that was neat. Then I did it another time and I realized, oh yeah, leg's gonna really goddamn matter. Cause that guy, whoever it was, I think was lagging hard. So I would shoot at him and then he was gone. And I was like, oh God damn it. Like I was finding out that like he was lagging. So I got like smoked so fast and I was like, and it wasn't one of the powers because I know what the powers are, but he would just literally like be there. And then I could tell the computer like skips a bit and suddenly he's like a step a bit ahead of where I was shooting. I was like, oh shit. So I just, I shut it off and, and now it's just the computer who invades. And even that's still tense because um, when you see like she's on the hunt and you're like, oh shit. Um, and you got to kill her. So that's pretty cool. But anyway, um, I, I really recommend this game. Like I think it's, um, it's beautiful. It's really fun. It's unique. Um, it's got great style. Colt, excellent. The only thing I hate, I love voice protagonists when you're first person, but for the love of God, please stop making them say something every time you interact with shit. <laughs> like if you have ammo and your ammo's full and you click F, you're like, don't get greedy, Colt. And I've heard that so many times now. And I was like, just shut up, Colt. Shut up. I know. I know. I know. And he's like, or he'll be like, I'm good, man. When you like try to grab like some health or something and he does enough. I'm like, it's fine once, but when he does it every time, you're like, dude, Stop. Oh my God. Oh my God. Stop. Um, but anyway, okay. Sorry. That was a load of what I'm playing because I haven't beaten much. So why don't you two take it away? I don't know. Someone. I mean, I'll jump back in. It takes two sort of a segue ish. Mm. Um, I'm somewhere between both of you. Basically I am, uh, there are four MacGuffins you need to collect. I have just collected the second of four and I'm pretty sure the game ends after the fourth, but we'll see. Um, Oh, my voice went a bit there. It, it's a great game. I, I think we've sort of said that enough times. It's excellent, and uh, we're all loving playing it, which is great. Uh, I've done quite a lot of co-op gaming, actually, so there's a few others to sort of knock off on that. Um, so I played a fair bit of multiplayer um, with my brother when I was back home. Um, two games specifically that we played quite a bit of uh, were Nidhogg, both mm. on PC and on Vita, because uh, Vita has adult multiplayer for it. Nidhogg's excellent. Nidhogg 2 is a bit ugh. Uh, I feel like they tried to change the wrong things and, and add in the wrong places. But Nidhogg 1 is a Stone Cold classic. It's a multiplayer gem. And we never failed to have fun playing that game. Um, janky and broken as its combat is. Like, a jumping air kick is just broken, <laughs> fundamentally. But the game itself is excellent. Uh, it's, it's 2D jousting. If you haven't played it, fix it. Um, we also played the original Risk of Rain, which is both on Vita and has an ad hoc multiplayer mode. Um, I forgot how cool the original Risk of Rain was. It plays very differently. I mean, the gameplay loop is identical, but it's 2D. Mm -hmm. So um, exploration is a lot more regimented, a lot more rigid. Um, it's a lot more um, consequential to decide to go off the beaten path in the original because you can't as easily get back on it. Um, and vertical traversal isn't always easy in the same way as it was in the sequel. Um, different combatants, their movesets are necessarily different by virtue of it being a 2D space. Um, and some of the bosses who are um, returning in the second game play very differently in the first. The Magma Worm, for example, um, you have a, a prior warning as to where it's going to come up before it comes up, which you don't get in the sequel. The sequel just comes up. But if it hits you in the original, it hits much harder. Uh, and there's a lot of little differences in that. Um, as someone who really enjoyed the original, adores the sequel, um, and has now gone back to the original, I definitely think the sequel's better in almost every way. 
but the original still holds up and it's really cool to go back and, and play that and see what what's changed effectively see see where the roots of it are again with fresh eyes um as a comparison and also have a weird nostalgia with that um i plan to play a bit more of it solo um in the coming sort of weeks and months maybe even carp if we can get some people together to do it um because i have it on pc as well and it's great wherever but yeah that was pretty cool as well um Last multiplayer game for me is Rocket League, which hmm. now that Epic and Sionix pulled their fingers out of their bums and fixed the uh, controller problems that it's had for like the whole of 2022 to date, um, I've got back into it. I've played some games. I am quite rusty, so I'm working my way back into it, but it's still Rocket League. It's still lots and lots of fun. Uh, that core loop has been incredible since day one, and I don't think it'll ever stop being incredible. So that's been a blast to get back into. Now, um, a new playthrough that you guys, I think, would be very interested in is Aviary Attorney. And I'm saying new playthrough, yeah. I'm replaying it. Uh, I forgot how funny this game is. Ah, oh, the writing is phenomenal. Um, so I'm, I'm on the second case of what, if memory serves me, are three or four cases? Uh, it's not a super long game, but I'm, I'm on case number two. Um, and I'm doing all the investigations. So I've just been in the... Uh, um, chocolate shop <laughs> oh yeah back <laughs> um oh such a good game i it I, I don't want to say too much to spoil i'm also aware that you guys are both wax lyrical about it and i basically agree with everything that you both said mm. probably will pick your brain at some point on the setting alex because my appreciation of it does not extend to knowledge of uh, 18th century france in that sense or well, 19th um, century france <laughs> I, Tato potato. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> nevertheless, the game itself is great, and it's going to be the first of um, bird detective double header for me because I am going to be soon playing a game called Chicken Police, which is a, a gritty noir thriller where the police detective is a chicken, uh, and it's a very different take on the same concept. Basically, so I'm looking forward to uh, comparing and contrasting those two. So that's like um, L.A. Noir uh, version, <laughs> while this one's Ace Attorney based. <laughs> More like L.A. Beautiful. Nice. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um, but yeah, so I I was convinced to buy that game based on a trailer which started with a anthropomorphized cat going. So, have you ever been with a predator before? And then it just like goes into the ice. It looks like so much fun. Um, so yeah, that that's a bit about a game I'm not currently playing, but will be very very soon. Um, what else? The Witcher is still technically in my playing. Um, I've been told about some mods that I'm going to install before I go back to it. Um, but I am, you know, that's still active as far as I'm concerned. Um, I started playing Astral Chain on Switch. Ah, oh, I want to love this game. I'm so on the fence at the moment. I'm not sure I like how they set the combat up. Um, oh. Yeah, I, do you know what? I might grow to love it. My my initial problem, and it's a really stupid thing, I'm conditioned for Y to be the attack button. And attack is on like RT and LT now. Um, mm. Which, yeah, they're still attack buttons for shooters. This is a third-person action game where I'm clicking LT once to send my companion out, and I'm spamming RT to attack. It doesn't feel right yet. Might muck about with the controls, might move it around. 
I love the setting. I love the story. I generally like everything platinum that I've played. So I'm, I'm giving it time to warm and grow on me. Um, I don't know we'll why, the- but you're right. Like for some reason, I'm like, yeah, for a shooter, that makes sense. But the idea of doing that as like an action game, for some reason, I'm just uh, like, I don't yeah. like it. <laughs> and, and there are alternative control options. I know because I've seen the option in the settings. I haven't messed about with it yet. Um, I'm still, I've only just gotten out of the prologue of the game. So um, I, I will actually probably jump back into it. Sorry? I started playing Astral's Chain when it came out. And well, something else was, something else tiny came out. And Rain went through and bought, I went play, to play something else. Uh, so I might actually want to restart this one and uh, I pretty much like uh, play it and comment it with you in the podcast or, or something oh, like that do it. do it I mean it doesn't look super long so there's, there's this cool little website you might have heard of it called How Long to Beat um, it's great <sighs> it tells you how long games are <laughs> roughly to beat it's all user generated data uh, main and main plus times are like twenty to thirty hours, so it's not it's not a huge undertaking by mm-hmm. those standards. Um, so that could be fun. I'm about an hour in, maybe tops. Um, okay. So we'll we'll see. I want to love it, and I suspect that it will grow on me once I've tuned things a little bit. But it, initially, it hasn't quite hooked as I hoped it would. Um, finally, and this is a game that will definitely be finished for next time. Uh, it's a game called Crimson Shroud, which I've been playing for a little while. Uh, I am on what I believe to be the final boss. This is a strange one because I love the combat system. It's a game where there is no leveling up. It's all about um, changing equipment, melding equipment, um, fiddling around with elemental affinities and, and swapping items that are broadly the same power but differently equipped to to hurt different enemies. Um, there's various sort of comboing, dice rolls, turn order matters massively. Um, buffs and debuffs and um, it, it's a combat system that plays very differently while still retaining a lot of the structure and, and tropes and setup of a, a turn-based combat system um, and it's done really really very well and the story which is by the guy behind Vagrant Story um, Final Fantasy Tactics FF12 among others is wonderful but the marriage of the two doesn't quite work for me and I hate the level design and the, the, the sort of map progression that they've set up. I don't think it really works for how little actual control and, and, and visual um, feedback you have in the game. Um, wouldn't say it's a deal breaker. It certainly has dampened my enjoyment of the game in spite of how well those two components in and of themselves shine. Um, as a package, I feel it's weakened um, it, you know, it's almost less than the sum of its parts. But it's a small little experimental, like it's one of the guild games. Um, really love what it's done. Doesn't really stay its welcome. I'm about four and a half, five hours in and, and about to, I think, finish it. Um, and I, I think it more than justifies its existence over that kind of time frame um, with the good that it does. I think it far outweighs the, the middling and the man that doesn't quite work for me kind of thing. Um, yeah, yeah I, I thought it was a longer game. But yeah, I was looking it up and I was like, oh, it's only like six, like seven hours or so. I'm like, that's not bad. I'm pretty sure there's more to play. I know when my brother played it because he had a 3DS long before me and this was an early 3DS game. So it's when he had pretty close to launch. Um, he was playing it for weeks and weeks and weeks. 
So I'm pretty sure there's like some kind of new game plus or maybe post-game content or something. But in terms of the, the main campaign, uh, how long to be listed is about seven or eight hours. And I'm, I think I'm going to finish well under that unless I've misunderstood something. Yeah, completion um, says 16 and a half. So maybe there's like that. That looks to me like a new game plus or something. Because yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, it's like, like exactly double. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, good game. Good game on the whole. Um, God, that's a 10 year old game now. Damn. Uh, yeah. I, I, do you know what? Oh, yeah. Thinking about the 3DS's life in retrospect, and this is absolutely one that we should come to as a topic in the coming weeks. A, one, I feel very old because I was, mm-hmm. I was in, I think, college when the 3DS first came out, and it's kind of crazy to think back to that and yep. um, what's happened since. And it feels like Ocarina of Time 3D came out yesterday, but like you say, that is, it's as good as a decade ago. Yeah. Uh, I know. Um, oh, my God. Because I also, yeah. like... Go on, sorry. I was going to say, I think I graduated from university when I got a 3DS because like, I hadn't bothered with Nintendo for a long time, and then I was like... You know, I was doing the 360 life and then PS4, and I was like, "All right, well, I guess I'll, you know, I don't want to get one of those Wii U's." Which, to be honest, I think I made the right choice. And I was like, yeah. But I got in on the 3DS because I was like, "Well, at least I could still be in on Nintendo in some way, shape, or form." I wanted to play Smash Brothers. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dear God, we should definitely talk about them, especially in light of the news. Then, yeah, good old 3DS appreciation. Yeah corner which ended up honestly playing more ds games than 3ds games but that's fine <laughs> cool I, do you know what the 3ds speaks almost perfectly to my niche i've, I've yeah. played and will continue to play lots and lots of that console oh i still got um, it hacked and ready to go when i need it <laughs> I, again i'm a weirdo i've got a hacked one and i've got a clean one um <laughs> same i got a hack one and i got a clean one but um yeah it's i mean I, the game actually does a reasonably good job of 3D in spite of the fact that that 3D effect is often ruined by text being over the top of the 3D screen. Um, yeah, fun little game. Holds its own. Well worth a revisit if you're someone who likes that genre, would like something a little bit different. Happens to be, as my brother put it, a slut for D&D. Um, <laughs> I think nice. any one or cross-section of those and you're away. Uh, Pala, tell us about your playings. Okay. As always, I've been playing Animal Crossing New Horizons. The remodeling continues. <laughs> I've also been playing Lost Ark, which mm. is a new um, MMORPG that came out around last week, I think. New to playing... us, right? Because it's, it's been out in Asian territories for like a couple of years, but it's just been localized. Yeah, I think. Uh, correct me in the so. comments down below if I'm no, wrong this, and smash like while you're least. doing it, but I'm almost certain that the game's actually a couple of years old at this point. But I was new to um, us, obviously. I don't know. I just remember uh, my boyfriend like going to like the server testing, I think it was. Yeah, it's from <laughs> December 4th, 2019. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Oh, there Steve, you. What a time to launch a game. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> There you go. Yeah, my boyfriend was playing the like I think it was like the server testing of the game a while ago, and he was like, "Hey, this game is awesome, and it is free to play, and we should play this together and stuff like that." So he ended up like getting the the not free like bronze pass or something like that, uh, for both of us, which mean which meant we could play the game 
like three days earlier than the lunch day. Plus we got some uh, special items within the game and we actually have a pet cat now mm. in the game that uh, helps to be like picking up like the enemy drops and stuff like that, which is nice. So, um, the, I don't know, if, I don't want, like, if I want to talk about the story of this game, given that it is free and it is an MMO, so it's like, you're the chosen one, you have to do stuff. <laughs> and a lot of that stuff is, um, well, as any MMO, MMO RPG, you have a lot of fetch questing. Oh, and... MMOs, but anyway... <laughs> But there, like, there, there was like a, a section of the game that is, yeah, you have to to like fight the infected and stop a plague. And it's like, is this COVID? We're okay. We're fighting COVID right now. Beautiful. Yeah. Um, and it came out December twenty nineteen. They knew. Yeah, they knew. <laughs> they knew for sure. Because this, but, yeah, because this was Korea, right? Like, it's a Korean game that launched there first. Yeah. A little bit yeah. in Russia, and then, yeah, they just brought it to North America, Europe, and Latin America, I guess. Yep. yep. Um, yeah, the, the game is pretty fun. It's an isometric mm. top-down game instead of the usual uh, third-person style game that MMOs tend to be a lot of times, uh, which makes the gameplay a lot more palatable to me and a lot more interesting. And... Mm. The character that I got is a part, which I never go like with the support class, and this is like the only support class in the game, and it can actually like do a lot of damage, even mm. though it, it it is a support. So, uh, with my boyfriend, like the the one thing that I find like very very fun about this is that you can get like these um, treasure maps, and you have to to pretty much like try to yes like given the shape of the map like oh we have to go here and then you open like a mini dungeon and then you have to fight a boss and stuff like that and there are other dungeons like in the game that you can fight you can go through with other players so we team up and do the the, the hard version of the dungeon so we get the drops and how um and how our characters like work together is pretty nice because he's like a he has a a sorceress and his character is a damage dealer through and through and makes everything explode on sight. But having the uh, my character there who can uh, heal us with one the the one ability that is able to do so or buff or buffing our our characters makes everything like so much more fun because we, we I want to say we coordinate to do this stuff, but we really don't. And we, we judge by the situation on what to do. And it is fun. It, I think it's the first time I, I've been actually having a, uh, this much fun in a multiplayer, in a MMO, because I usually don't, don't try them out like with someone else. And I remember, well, I remember we playing World of Warcraft together. At some point, I, I just had to drop it because it was like, yeah, I'm not really having fun with this. Yeah. So yeah, that's Lost Ark. Hmm. Um, I've been playing three other games that are 
so close to completion, which are Dairoku Agents of Sakuretani, that I've done like the, the five main character routes and I'm pretty much just ending hunting before doing the grand finale route, mm -hmm. which I have to say, not our not all routes are created equal. Like I find one to be like the absolute best, like objectively. And everyone I talked with about the game says like, yeah, that's the, the one route I I enjoyed from beginning to the end. And it was amazing, even though some people said that's not my favorite character, but yeah, that's the best route. And two of them were like, great. And the other two, I find to be like kind of meh. Uh, one in particular had like a very cool concept that, and they really set up like this thing that was going to happen. And it got resolved in the most stupid, stupid way possible. And it was like, the, okay, that was anticlimactic. Um, so thanks, Rowlet. Um, so yeah, like I see why this game wasn't as like in Japan as other games, mainly because not like it is more like a slice of life game. There isn't like much of a an overall story going on, and you it's more of a character game. If you like the characters, you're gonna like the story. If you're gonna like the game, and yeah, that's Taidoku. They say that the finale route is awesome, so I'm looking forward to it. And the other game I'm very close to finishing is Slime Rancher. There's actually an end, an end to this game because I actually completed, like, I actually got, like, all the messages from the prior, um, the prior owner of the ranch. And... It seems that if you get all the messages, you there was like another condition and you also have to um, open a certain amount of gate, I think. You finish the game, you get the end credits quite you, once you go back to the ranch. And I don't know if I'm ready to, to end this game. I mean, I've unlock the final area that is the glass desert and this place is amazing it is very pretty and it is very nuts because <laughs> there's like a solar thing happening at, at some times where everything is on fire and there's are these fire slimes that fall from the sky or something and first of all they are kind of cute and second of all you have to um, have an incinerator with like an ashtray or something like that and have the, the fire slimes there because they eat ash. And I don't know, like the, the amount of creativity on like how these different slimes interact with the environment, it's, <laughs> it, it just blows me away because I wasn't expecting them to, to fall from the sky or something like that. You also can get the prism slimes. And the way to get them was convoluted as shit because you have to reactivate like these fountains of ancient water. 
and you have like to water like these odd plants that are like glistening or something like that and you reactivate the oasis and it is so pretty and then you can capture like the the prison slime and you have to be careful because all of these slimes have like can be hazardous to the adventure and this particular slime you have to put on a uh, on a coral with a solar shield because it can literally make things burn because it is kind of like glassy so the 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 light gets reflected and amplified by the structure the slime has so you don't want your your berries and stuff like to to just burn so you have to be careful with that and the same with the boom slimes yeah they are called boom slimes they can explode and send everything flying so you have to be careful with those so yeah slime rancher is has been kind of wild I also discovered that you can go to the ranches of other, well, other ranchers, um, given that you completed a quest from them and then you go there and complete other quests from them. And that's the way you get like some other very rare flirts or very rare slimes, like the Quicksilver slime. And you have a, a race mini game where you have to, to, to pretty much like harvest the, the slime ports as fast as you can on like a time limit. And then you have other ranch where you have the stable slimes that can only be like the, the a very large kind of slime. And they're like a saber tooth slime or something like that. And it's like, okay, this game is getting wild. More wild, wilder, I don't know. So yeah. I've been really enjoying this game and I'm so hyped for Slime Rancher 2. So I'm I'm glad it is coming to Game Pass on day one. Yeah. So yeah, uh Pokemon Shining Pearl. Um past the seventh gym, I got the like the Vox Legendary that is Palkia. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm on my way to the eighth gym, and then I have to complete the National Pokedex before tackling the Elite Four because the only way to get like one specific Pokemon that my boyfriend wants in my version of the game is to comp- if, is to see uh, every kind of Pokemon on the on the regional decks, and then that Pokemon is gonna appear in the underground. So that means Bella will be on the underground for some more time before finishing the game. Uh... And finally, <laughs> last but not least. I've started Fire Emblem the Blazing Blade, or just Ooh. Fire Emblem. And I really wanted to play the games like in order, but for some for not for second reason, I was like, hey, I really want to play this game. I remember I have this probably bootleg cartridge. I wonder if it saves. It does. Oh my god. Fuck everything else. I'm playing this game right now. And then your fingers are like six levels in. <laughs> no. no, I'm just in chapter two for now. <laughs> But the chapters are pretty short, so I'm pretty sure I'm gonna like play through this game. Mm-hmm. And I really love the genealogy of the Holy War, which I played a little bit of. But I kind of wanted like the quicker like rework loop of finishing a level that the GBA games have. So mm. that's the main reason. I, it's like I want to play Fire Emblem, but I want the short level Fire Emblem. Not the two-hour level Fire Emblem. Fair. So yeah, 
that's all my playing and oh my god that was a lot so why don't we move on to our topic of the week difficulty in games mm-hmm. yeah. want to take it away? This, is, this is something that's always been a conversation but i know um i raised it as something we could maybe talk about on the podcast because uh it's come back up in relation to Sifu, which is just released, uh, and is by all accounts pretty difficult. Um, and as Alex very astutely pointed out, Elden Ring is on the horizon. So you know we're going to talk about a, it. <laughs> it's probably going to be a similar thing all over again, yeah. Um, and I suppose an interesting place to start is maybe just all the accessibility options that are more and more becoming a thing and, and how they play into difficulty. Because I, I think back to Guardians of the Galaxy, when we played that yeah, uh, and the amount of modifiers that that gave you uh, in terms of damage dealing, damage receiving, um, how much resistance you had when you're in like that last chance, one HP state um, or things that effectively are difficulty sliders. Um, and I wonder whether accessibility is going to be the, the name by which a lot of this is, is brought forward. Mm. Because that, that's the kind of thing where I think, particularly if you don't want to um, damage the sanctity of the setup of a, a Souls-like, for example. Um, you know, sure, have the recommended setup, but then for accessibility's sake, if nothing else, let me drop those sliders. Let me turn off the QTEs if I want. Let me tailor that experience. Yeah, and like as someone who, because I was thinking about this the other day, and like, because it sounds sort of, sort of like an insult but i don't think it is but it's like difficulty has multiple facets to it right and like one part of it is just that like some games for me i'm like this is no problem because i'm accustomed to it like i think hollow knight like i never really found hollow knight to be all that difficult it's hard and challenging and there are some bosses that i will never beat um because i'm just like it's not happening but like the overall experience for me wasn't so bad because i'm very trained in those 2d platformer hit em ups and so one of the things that i think about is it's like at times people talk about difficulty it's like well difficulty also stems from the player right like if you're just not Aiming good at this yeah right and like and i think about this like i have zero gaming literacy for like strategy games like fucking kill me i i played like rise of nations and like you know <laughs> civ when i was younger and i can do those well enough but i also know that realistically for instance total war that warhammer 3 just came out which is apparently incredible and like maybe i'll take a look at it but i know right off the bat that like i know jack all in that game and if I were to try to go into that game in a normal mode, I would get fucking destroyed and I'd probably hate it. And so there's this mm. part of this thing where I'm like, there's this level of like, an easy mode is a hard mode for some, you know what I mean? <laughs> it's that question of like, even if you're worried about like, I want my game to be a certain amount of challenging, it probably will be for someone who plays it on a lower difficulty if they don't have that yeah. literacy um, with the game, you know? And I think about that for puzzle games too, because a lot of games I'm like, I could do pretty well, like Tetris and things, but certain puzzle games, I'm just like, I get to a point where I'm like, oh, bro, I need too much. Like if it's, um, if it's any kind of game, that, oh, like I think of Grindstone actually, like those match game, any any kind of match game, um, whether it's like connecting things together or match threes, you know, like all those kind of Pokemon Puzzle League, those types of things. Like I'm not particularly good at making combos in those games. I'm just not right. Like I I try it and I just kind of suck at it. Um, maybe my pattern recognition isn't as hot as I'd like it to be. <laughs> so an easy to me is like, 
quite difficult at times. Um, but then you bump it up to normal and suddenly it's just like full on frustrating. And so I'm like, I feel like, and let's be real, the gamer space online sometimes is a little, I think we're blinded by the fact that we're good at games. <laughs> to an extent, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I also, but I will say, I also sympathize with people who are quite good at games and they're like, well, I would like more of a challenge, please. Right. And so there's this, there's this, because I think of Pokemon and I'm like, well, here we have this thing where it's like, like, why in the name of all that is fucking holy does Pokemon not have difficulty levels? <laughs> like, you know, what the hell, right? Like, come on. I mean, to the point where like Pokemon players make their own, right? Like Nuzlocks and shit. Like they're, they're just yeah. like, give me something. But really that's people messing around with it. That's not built into the game. You have to impose huh. it on it, right? So um, anyway, that, that's some of my thought. Paolo, why don't you jump in here? Well, the difficulty um, conversation is kind of like interesting because part of it is what the developer wants to achieve with a game. Mm-hmm. And for example, let's take it to the Dark Souls series. The developer doesn't want the games to be easy. They don't want an easy mode on the gear, on their games. They want that challenge on it and that uh, learn and reward loop that the game has. So on that, on, and they are perfectly okay with that because the market they're targeting is that niche. Yeah. So. If you want your game to be accessible to more players, then you you implement like a difficulty slider or something like that. And even like Darsus has like a, at least the original, I don't know the others, but Darsus has like a difficult or like hard difficulty mode. If you start like with the character that has literally nothing to the, to its name. Mm. Um, well, depending on the game, I guess, some call the, the mage, like the easy mode, because you can just hit everything from a distance or like in the Pokemon games that they don't have a difficulty setting, but at the very least, like on the first game, if you want like an easier time on the first and second game, which you wouldn't know being like a, a beginner or in the, to the series, but if you choose um, Bulbasaur, then you have an easier time early on, but if your Venusaur is going to have a, a, a hard time like doing anything like in late game. Well, if you choose Charmander, you're going to have a hard time early on, but it, it's arguably one of the more useful starters, at least on that gen. Um given the the makeup of like the elite four members and stuff like that and okay yeah um, sorry i was just saying like i i get what you're saying like this because I've, I've heard that thing in like the starter like difficulty stuff but like the reality that it's a monster catching but it's game, hidden it's hidden yeah and uh, also it's so easily broken right like if you just immediately yeah. go catch a new pokemon it's like and it's no longer hard <laughs> yeah and the thing is, is that the more they have, like, uh, the experience tier, for example, that on um, Shining Pearl and Brilliant Diamond, the experience tier is mandatory. If you were able to turn that off, that immediately makes it harder for you because 
well, your Pokemon will be at a lower level. Well, having the experience your own will be like a more like easier experience because you don't have to grind as much and your or your party like just gets to a, a very over level very fast. Mm. But on the other hand, one thing that I liked of how they manage difficulty in this game is that they revamped some of the um some of the movesets of some of the trainers, which makes it more interesting. And they can really throw a curveball if you if you're not prepared. Or in the case of the Elite Four and Champion, I haven't gotten there personally, but I heard they, they given them held items. Their Pokemon have an item attached to them. So well that Gyarados who usually goes down in one hit with uh with a thunder truck or a or a electric type attack because it has a quad weakness doesn't anymore because they given it a very that halves the damage it receives from a super effective attack. Mm. Or I've heard that Cynthia's team, if you're like the same level of, of Zen and if you don't count like the what's his name, like the affection mechanic the game has can be pretty challenging because of the health items they're giving her to, to her Pokemon. And mm. she's also like a high level trainer too, which is kind of fun. Like I want more Pokemon games to have that, that, that the trainers have the health items and it's not something that yeah. is relegated only to to the multiplayer side of things like they have this very interesting mechanics and they don't usually use them on the on the main campaign well they never do i mean look it's like the largest media entertainment property in the world has zero excuses for not having multiple difficulty settings like i just yeah you know what i mean i'm like you fuckers could pour so much into this like for the love of all that is holy like come on and I feel like and it's like of, Mintog one, sorry, go. Yeah, I feel like part of its tradition. They're just like, no, it's you start a new game and uh, that's it. You know, you're like, uh Yeah, you know what's the worst? That in Pokemon Black 2 or Black or White 2, there's or was it black and white? Yeah, whatever. Either of potato, those. Potato. <laughs> um they had difficulties, but they were locked behind completing the game first. It's so stupid. Yeah, why would you lock the easy difficulty level behind a game completion? Because who would beat it on a normal and they'd be like, guess I'm going back to play it on just easy now. Like, I mean, I know sometimes, no, that's just silly, right? Like, it's like, if you need it, you think you would just have it for the get-go. Ah, anyway. Yeah. yeah. God almighty. I don't want like Nintendo don't know. Like, Fire Emblem Awakening was one of the examples. Like, give us a toggle. Yeah. Permadeath? Cool, that's the default setting. Let me turn it off if I want. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Uh, speaking of Fire Emblem, one interesting thing of how, like, yeah, the the Kasha mode, it's that where permadeath is off, makes it like very easy to like, don't worry about your units in the sense of, okay, I'm not going to lose my units anymore. So they're going to be like here yeah. through all the story and stuff like that. But also you get like very but like habits by doing that. So trying to jump from the casual mode to the not casual mode and trying permadeath, it's it's kind of like you're playing two different games in a sense. Yeah. 
even though it's the same story. I'm, I'm a big boy. That's my problem. Like, as a developer, let me make that problem for myself if I so choose. If you want to say, oh, it's going to be a difficult jump if you want to come back, like, <laughs> let me know that before I make the choice. Like, I, Yeah, I, I don't... I, it's not really a problem, but it's very interesting of how how much of a different mindset you have to have. Casual's yeah. like, have fun, enjoy the story, play some fun battles. Hardcore's like, you're a safe scummer now. <laughs> <laughs> I would never, Alex, how dare you? you kidding me? Anyone not who plays hardcore one. is like, not even once. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, you lose one fucking guy and it's you restart the whole, every time, every time. <laughs> <laughs> it just ends up becoming like a perfectionist run. Yeah, I I, yeah. I take the point. It, it, it's a different game. Because, you know, it's wild. Way. Like, I always tell myself when I start a Fire Emblem game, I'm like, let's do it. I'm going to do permadeath and I'm going to play the game like it's meant to. And then one person dies and I go, never mind. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I just, I don't know. I don't want to miss anything in the first run. And if they weren't so huge, maybe I'd, I'd go back one day and do a hardcore run. But they're so punishing. And it's great. Mm. I'm glad it's there for those who... Again, gets and, and here's the beauty of it though. It's there for those who are really fucking good at it, right? Um, and like ultimately, I've just at a point in my life where I'm like, I can't get that good at this game. <laughs> I mean, it's a whole other conversation, but I love it more in XCOM where like it's not got story implications beyond mm-hmm. like the narrative that you build for yourself. Mm-hmm. And then it just forces you to react big picture in different ways. Um, that is a whole other conversation for a whole other time. We should do a new game plus on permadeath at some point, or that kind of thing. Oh that yeah, cool. that would be interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want to start um, XCOM. Actually, I've got that on my Xbox. But oh, XCOM's phenomenal. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's also playable on Vita. It's surprisingly playable on Vita. Oh, I'm talking about XCOM Two really? actually. Sorry, I got the collection. Uh, oh, available on Switch. It's currently. I know it's yeah. probably not on sale anymore. Might be on sale for like the next two hours. Yeah, I know. Well, it'll be by the time people listen to this. Yeah, I, I actually... I'm, I'm telling you, I mean, people oh, listening to shit you missed out, but yeah, like, no, I'm telling I got XCOM 2 on the, the, my Xbox. I wanted to play it there because I heard the Switch, it's like a little rough. Like, it works, but it's like War of the Chosen is apparently like, you know, it's Maybe. like, just counts. <laughs> I mean, the portability is what you take it for. Like, the Vita yeah. port of the original was exactly the same, but like, yeah. I loved it because I could play it in bed and on the yeah. bus. And I'd Weirdly really play enough, it I don't mind those games. Like I played Wasteland Three on my TV. I really dug it. Like I don't know. It, you know, it's weird. Like I, I think those games just looks nice enough for me to enjoy playing them that way. But I get what you're That's saying. Fair. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Um, it's also it's on- a difficult choice. Let's resend. There we go. Yeah, back to difficulty. <laughs> oh, oh. Uh, <laughs> I was actually thinking of Death Loop for this because, you know, if you do play with the online option of like having players invade. That game suddenly becomes really fucking hard sometimes, right? Like, uh, if you get a really good player who's like, hey, fucker, I'm here to get you. <laughs> like, <"No!" laughs> I did one time where it didn't lag. So I had I had three people invade. One guy that was like, I don't think he's fucking paying attention. And I just just offed him in like three seconds. It was like, all right, bye, Juliana. Uh, then another guy who lagged and killed me. And I was like, oh, well, whatever. And then this third guy who I was like, what are all of these tricks you are pulling on me? Like he was just, that guy was just good. I was like, damn, I got him pretty good, but he got me. And like that, I was like, that's an interesting difficulty thing. But then also it's nice that they had this thing where it says you can have only your friends be allowed to invade or you can do it so that um, it's just the computer. And I like that 
choice there because realistically you just don't know what difficulty you're playing on like you're either going to be playing with like normal and someone's like pretty good comes in or you're about to play god mode where like juliana is a fucking beast who knows every inch of the map because it's this <laughs> dude who's played the story so many times and he's like i'm here to kill motherfuckers there's no in between yeah. like i had no in between as i was playing it <laughs> It's a little bit like in Dark Souls in that regard because you can get invaded by people if you're... Okay, so there's a thing in Dark Souls that is restraining humanity yeah. and that will give you access to the online. And that is a double-edged sword because you can have your friend with you and make it the game a little bit easier in that regard. And you can pretty much cheese um, a lot of the bosses with that because the boss will only target one of the players. But also, you can get invaded by the very strong motherfucker who only wants to kill whoever is on that world. Yeah. And, you know, thinking about it too, like, I love that. Yeah, (laughs) you can't predict players uh, when it comes to difficulty. But I'm thinking about SMT5 as well and, like, how it's always, you know, they call it the Dark Souls of JRPGs kind of thing because it's difficult. But I find 5, like, comparatively with my experience to 4, feels like it learned this lesson of, like, how to onboard without without alienating potentially older like players who are like good to the series because I felt like I was really quickly allowed in and it's like maybe this is a unique thing to something that's turn-based where it really gives me like I'm allowed to take my time right and like uh, and figuring out how the systems work and engaging with the systems and like they push you towards all of the different systems like gradually through the first little bit and then eventually you realize you're like oh I'm interacting with all this shit and like I've got all this stuff going on um so i really dig that like i like when the difficulty i like when the difficulty makes you use all the game's systems and the game's systems are good <laughs> you know like onboarding is crucial i think it's right. a really important point you hit so i think the interesting comparison between five and four because i think four tried to do it i think it just didn't get it right yeah if you look at the opening mm-hmm. dungeon of four it tries to like gently ease you in mm-hmm. it's an environment where it's pretty safe to bounce around you can get home easily if you ever need to um they just got it wrong with the minotaur um yeah, yeah. And, and to a lesser extent the boss that comes almost immediately after the minotaur when you got the escalator just behind them um and onboarding is crucial because it may it, it it can make what might be hard closer to normal for more people and it's one part of the puzzle with making things easier on the other side on the other side of things the other one for me at least i think and I totally agree with what you say, Paolo, in fairness, about artistic integrity. I know it's a, mm-hmm. a drum that friend of the podcast, Avatage, has sort of beaten um, from time to time. And it, it is one of those things where you can't really impose on the artist. You must give us X sliders and Y toggles yeah. and Z knobs. Um, but at the same time, I think player choice is paramount to the extent that it doesn't compromise your vision. Um, it's really cool to give the player the flexibility to make that setup work for them mm-hmm. and and just give them as many fucking chances to experience your game man like let them come to it on their terms to the extent that that's practical well and this is the thing that i think makes artist intent different in this medium than say movies books or whatever it's that it actually requires the participation of the player and so i think as an artist you actually have a responsibility to ensure that players can play your game you know um and outside of fighting fantasy yeah. books there is no book or like you say other medium that will actively gate your progression 
yeah the only thing that stops you is your literacy skills really right um and Mm -hmm. to be fair it's like you know a book that's not what a book's designed to do to teach you but like the thing with the game is that it's a contained experience that actually you you are required to teach someone how to activate with it because it's not standardized right like it's not like a book is fairly standardized and then books that do deviate often do try to show you how to engage with it right so i don't know i i think i mean i mean and look there's an argue that um um there's an argument that lots of people make where it's like yeah okay what if i want people to be confused like fine sure whatever you know fine um I'm someone who I'm someone who raised through the theatrical tradition and I've met a lot of people and I've seen a lot of things that talk about how they're like, well, yeah, we want to do this to the audience kind of thing. Um, and I'm of the opinion that it's mostly bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> do you know yeah. what I mean? Like ultimately I've seen so much of that stuff and like, I'm just a person who, and again, but this is, it depends on the artist, right. And on the person, like I'm someone who's like, I think you lose nothing by allowing as many people as possible to engage with your work, um, you know, and mm-hmm. you gain so much more. But that's just me. I don't know. If you're an artist who doesn't give a fuck and you hate your players, uh, you might have a short career, but maybe you'll have some fun. <laughs> yeah. And that, uh, no, but I want the audience to do this. It also comes down to game design. Mm-hmm. In, the, in the sense of it, it comes down to game design if the game is fair, difficult, or like if it is bullshit. Because mm-hmm. in the case of both Dark Souls and the Shima Maiden say four and five games, you can do the enemy can do everything that you can do. Yeah. And you can do pretty much everything the enemy can do. So in that sense, it is balanced. You have the same tools that the enemy has at your disposal, and it feels fair because of it. And uh, the same way you have stamina on Dark Souls, the enemies also have a stamina and you have to get to that window of attack to to battle them. So that is what I, I like when the games are challenging and they are balanced, that they seem fair. It's not, oh, they, this, this is bullshit. It's, oh, I messed up. On the other hand, you have bullshit games. I don't have like an example right now. I don't know if you, any of you have an example right now, but I don't know, like sometimes the enemies are just can't do stuff and they don't get not back and you get not back because fuck you, sir. Hmm. And oh, then man, we're stuck. In- <laughs> yeah. And then we start to talk about like, hey, sir, developer, sir, you, you maybe shouldn't do this. <laughs> yeah so, i feel like that was a lesson that took decades for developers to learn right like um because honestly i don't know maybe we talk about this a little bit but it's like remember that arcade shift where like arcades genuinely were trying to fuck with you so you paid more yeah <laughs> and then yep. the nest was like a bunch of arcade ports and they were like okay well you know we don't want these kids to beat this game in an hour so let's make it fucking tough <laughs> Um, and I think it's interesting, like we've come to a point now where what a shift in the industry though, right? The concept of free to play. Um, anyway, I, that this could go All off into of a conversation of itself. Yeah. But yeah. I think about that and I'm like, difficulty really has shifted. And like, it's neat. Cause like you've said, dark Souls, dark souls has created a niche for itself. I think something like last year, they said they're at like 27 million sales franchise wide. Um, yeah yeah it doesn't even pale in comparison to a lot of nintendo games but that's 
that's a decent number, right? Like you're talking like kind of Resident Evil numbers, I'd say. um, Over four or five games, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it's about it's about those numbers there. So that's a that's a good like. My thing that always worries me that to me is like an excellent number, and that's like a great fan base it's just you know corporations just get greedy they're just like i want more 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 how do we keep we're getting more 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 and it's like just calm down guys you have like a solid stable fan base <laughs> that's not enough alex we I want them all bandai namco has been pretty good from what i know i i'm like i might be talking to my ass but they don't seem to really be going down that um that path at all i don't know they don't seem like they're like just going for the greedy stuff Uh, but who knows maybe i'm totally wrong i don't maybe i don't know enough about them um shout out to the person who six years after this puts in the comments this aged like milk when bandai inevitably go to shit yeah right eventually it'll happen i'm sure (laughs) but i think about like their recent output of games even like what was it scarlet nexus Digimon, yeah, okay. Their games are fine, I guess. I don't know. They're very Japan-oriented, which <laughs> is fair. Oh, but they did Tales of Arise. See, yeah, there you go. Um, so, yeah. Anyway, um, I don't know if we have a whole lot more on difficulty. It seems like one of those things that's just like an accessibility issue, honestly, more than an artistic one, as far as I'm concerned. I don't know. Tell us what you think in the comments down below. And don't forget to hit that like button on your way there. Yeah. Though that does make me think of Ghosts and Goblins, but maybe that's for another day. I remember playing that as a child. It's so fucking hard, but honestly, once you beat it, you're like, yeah, it's I'm the champion. Only children have time for hard games. (laughs) 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 Or at least for a lot of hard games. I have like room in my brain for like one or two max. Um, (laughs) (laughs) You know what I'm saying? I'm like, I don't have the skills because I'm bad. All right. Nah, oh, that's yeah, it's a good title. Only children have time for hard games. Uh, all right, well, you now it's great candidates today. Yeah, it's a good song, right? All right, now it's time for How Long to Beat the Game. Pallets, you're at it. What do you got for us? For the first time, I actually have this ready, and what the hell is this? <laughs> Um, trick me? and treat. Should I reroll that? Wait, 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 wait. Treat. Trick and treat. Trick and treat. Is it like spelt and trick and treat? Oh, it's like um um. In okay. Yeah. Trick and treat. No, not not an n an amp ampersand. Ampersand. Okay, trick and treat. Is it like an RPG maker game? Uh. Looks like. Let me see. Yeah. A light-hearted Halloween event. Yeah, that's an RPG Maker game if I ever saw one. Uh, well, that I mean, that sounds like the Dream 555 candidate. I know, right? Yeah. You're like, yeah, sounds about right. Oh, oh yep. be warned, yep. you complain. But it has multiple endings. I'm sticking to uh, Guys, oh, yeah. can we re-roll? I was looking at the Steam page, and it told me exactly how many minutes of gameplay it has. Oh my god! Okay, not exactly. For argument's sake, how how on the money was I? Uh, probably on the money, but like, it's about ninety minutes gameplay is what it says. It's like an hour and a half. Oh, yeah, hang on. it says yeah. two, two, and two. Two, two, and two. Damn it, Alex. Yeah. Sorry. I, how was I supposed to know it was gonna directly tell me the game died? Uh, <laughs> At least I said so. Damn it, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Alex, let me set this up again. 
stats, random. Excuse me, what? Final Fantasy 15, episode RD, which I think is a DLC. That is a DLC. Yeah. Oh, we said no it's DLC, gonna be a long right? DLC let's, let's go ahead. Full games Pre only. This. None of this DLC. <laughs> uh, the original Half-Life. Oh, okay. Ooh. That's cool. I like that. Good old Half-Life here. Mm -hmm. Fuck, and I played this too. No, I played this years ago. I have no concept of this. Now, what I think... is in the past I've grossly underestimated aims from this era of gaming. Yeah. I think... Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with... I think, I think I'm going to do 10 for main. Uh, 10 for main. I feel like main plus, it's like... I'm going to go 18 hours for 100%. And okay. I'm going to do maybe. Because I don't know, like, I can't remember if this is longer or shorter than Half-Life 2, because I know Half-Life 2 gets those episodes that make it longer, but I don't remember if the base game itself was shorter. Uh, Fuck if I know. For what it's worth, I've got 12, 15, 20. Actually, I'm going to raise my main, because I definitely think it's. I'm going to do 11 and a half. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to do... That's just, I'm going to just do, do a bunch of halves just to get on. <laughs> Ricks. Just to get, get on, on, get on your goat. Yeah. <laughs> Love that. <laughs> Love that for you. I'm joining you. But I also think it's going to be like one of those games that has half hour times for sure. Um... Okay. Uh, you're the worst. <laughs> Let's I'm going to say there you go, Rick. Nine I'm like hours half hours half. below all of you. <laughs> cool. Yeah. I don't I'm gonna know. I'm going to say nine hours. Oh, oh sorry. Ahead, I'm going to say nine hours and a half for main, 15 hours and a half for main plus, and 100% 22 hours. Yeah. I really have no idea on what the times are for this. So I let's see. I feel like it's in that area. Like I'm 11 and a half, 14 and a half, 19 and a half. And then Rick is half an hour above me on each. <laughs> I start to 12, 15, 20. Yeah. What do we got, Paula? So should I reveal the times? Yes, please. Okay. So, oh, I shut myself in the food. <laughs> so oh, main no. story, 12 hours. Okay. Uh -huh. Main plus extras, 14 hours. Uh -huh. Completion is 15 and a half hours. Ooh. Oh. We're all... The oh. only is that half hour has saved me. Yeah, it saved you there, <laughs> Rick. Yeah, good old. So then yeah. Rick and I moved up. Are these our old scores? They shouldn't be. I ever should for the oh, 100%. Okay. So I'm at 163. And I'm at 153. Rick, you're at 153. Yeah, and then Paola's at 138. Yep. <laughs> yep. I'll catch up again, I swear. <laughs> I had a feeling it was around yeah. that that amount because uh that's kind of the amount half-life alex is at um so i assume they're probably similar ish you know um nice well there we go we didn't underestimate it this time though pa 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 paula overshot it a little bit 
It's worth saying. Uh, we are still working out what we want to do with how long to beat the game. So yeah. any ideas, throw them our way in the usual channels. And are you wearing a Porygon t-shirt, Paola? Uh, no, I want a, a Polly t-shirt. Oh, 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 oh right, nice. Okay. It's the take, uh, let the pirate take the stand. Oh, that's great. Wow. Um, oh, also, I, thank I you to those. I oh, oh, I was going to say, thank you to those who have sent us some stuff. We got some stuff through email and things too, which is awesome. We're just collecting ideas and figuring it out. We're, we're all so wildly busy this month that we haven't <laughs> jumped on it mm-hmm. too hard, but we're going to figure it out. Maybe yeah, one of us is. on the audio, but we all have kind of hollow eyes. Paula's just gotten back from a trip. We're all just kind of, we're here. We're here and we're doing it. We're here. <laughs> <laughs> but we're dying a little. <laughs> uh, I was going to make a fun about being poorly gone for this week, but it's not really going to work. Now. No. You're poorly gone. It's my pun is gone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. We'll catch you next week for another wonderful episode of How Long to Be. This has been us. Bye. <laughs>